welcome back to another installment of the Burlington Friendship Society. I'm your friend in Metric Burlington, Carl Mamer. Hey everybody, this is your friend Christian Walters from Imperial Burlington. Wow. Glad to be back. And we have a uh, we have a new friend. Um, she's been my friend for a long time, I would say. And Christian, she's now your friend. And to our listeners, she's your friend too. Uh, Pam, Pam Cash. Hi, friends. I'm so excited to be friends with so many people. Wow. And and Pam, we're we're, we're having you on because you know we're we're. I mean, we uh, we used to know each other from Korea. We both taught English in Korea in the early 2000s, and and we did a we did another podcast together. Pam and I called uh, Soul Survivors about kind of living in uh, living in <laughs> Korea. And uh, yeah, yeah, and, another. And, podcast yeah exactly another city-based podcast yes and um and uh and uh, you know we've been facebook friends ever since and and um and then i noticed on facebook you you were talking about you were planning you you were looking at planning a trip to burlington not metric burlington unfortunately but 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 christian's imperial burlington is, is this still true true wow okay yeah so we're going to kind of get oh, into awesome. that yeah we'll figure out like first you know why why do you want to go there? And uh, and second, uh, you know, Christian, who's uh, he's not quite a native of um, uh, Burlington, Vermont, but he'll he'll do his best to try and try you know tell you the the, tell the high them. points. Yeah. So the Vermonters don't like interlopers. So <laughs> exactly. No, do I have to disguise myself? No, no, no. Yeah, but uh, but Peb, you um <laughs> you uh, you're where, where where do you currently live? I live in New York City, wow. in New York. Okay. And uh, and you're, you you uh, you you got married a few years ago, right? I did. I got married. I had a kid. Okay. How how old's your daughter? And how old's your daughter, Pam? Two and a half. Okay. Yeah. So we're getting a lot of sort of mi- the microphones, kind of like. But that's okay. You know, friends are allowed to sort of bust each other's ear, uh, uh, eardrums with, with microphone noises. That's how we test our friends. Exactly. I, I think I may be able to grab a microphone. Okay. All right. Are, are you just using your, uh, your, your, your computer's microphone? Yeah, but, um, but I've got a better one, and it's coming. Oh, okay. No, no problem. No problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, yeah. So you you lived in uh, uh, and before New York, you were uh, in Korea. You live. Where did you live again? So I'm from Southern California, right. and I lived a long time in Los Angeles as well. Okay. Yeah. So wow. cities mainly. Cool. If I if I could tell an anecdote, and tell me tell me if I got this wrong, but this is a, a, a anecdote that has amused me for um, more than ten years now. That um, uh, it was your first winter in, in Korea, and and you we're sort of meeting for the podcast, and and it's kind of the really first cold day, and you sort of show up, and you kind of got like a, a coat on, but you know, no hat, and no mitts, and no scarf, and you're like, you know, like. I've literally never been outside of Southern California. I've never experienced winter before. And, you know, and you're like, you're like, I didn't like, I've only seen winter on television and, you know, people just seem to go out with like their coat and, and that's it. And no one wears like a toque or mitts or boots or, you know, and then you're like, 
oh my God, I didn't realize how, how much you actually needed that stuff. Oh yeah. I think, uh, the whole, the whole hat mitten scarf thing was a total revelation. The idea of layering <laughs> in for Southern California really meant like a coat, uh, and not like even like a functional one, one that was pretty. Yeah, <laughs> it's quite, it's quite, it's quite amusing. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, you you, you learn quickly though, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you have to. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. Um, but now that I live in New York, I feel like a bona fide, a bona fide, a cold weather survivor. Right, yeah, yeah. You, you get winters there too, right? And, and Christian's Wait. in Burlington, and he's he's no stranger to winter now. Well, that's a different level because here we don't have to shovel snow. Somebody else handles all that stuff because I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> it looks cold. I don't want to touch it too much. Okay. So that's 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 next level. So when you yeah. move out of Manhattan or whatever, right. you you move to uh, <laughs> Connecticut or something, you'll you know. Driveways, snow, I, yeah. I don't know that much about living in New York, never having done it, but I imagine if you're walking around Manhattan with a snow shovel, you're not going to get a... I mean, I don't know how they'd react. Oh, I, um, I think there would be a reaction of extreme humor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what, um, who let the guy from New Hampshire down here? Right. I mean, or they would assume you worked for the city or one of the buildings. I mean, somebody has to do it. There are a lot of extremely hardworking people in New York City who are waking up at the crack of dawn, making the sidewalks clear for everybody. And to them, I say thank you very, very, very much. I appreciate <laughs> it more than you could ever know. You know, when I, when I started dating my wife, um, I, I used to kind of live in a. Um, um, you know, even though I kind of left Korea, and I was like, why would I ever want to learn Korean? You know, I'm only going to be here a few years. And I ended up moving to like a Korean neighborhood in Toronto, and everybody's around me is Korean. I'm like, I'm kind of like, I can't escape these people. But uh, <laughs> so it was like one one sort of one winter, and um, and, and sort of I, I just uh, I don't know how long my wife and I had been dating, but it might have been like our tenth date or something like that. And uh, and we're going out for like Friday night on dinner, and, and I bring a portable snow shovel with me. And she's like, uh, why, why, why are you bringing the portable snow shovel? And I'm like, you just wait. And so like every, every block there was like some <laughs> poor Korean rich kid in like a BMW or Mercedes, you know, they not, oh my gosh. no idea how to drive and, and everyone's stuck. And so we're, we're literally digging. We must have dug about three or four cars out between, you know, my, my sort of condo and the restaurant about like six blocks down the road. And so, yeah, so yeah, yeah, it's uh, not uncommon really just to go out just with a snow shovel here in Canada <laughs> on a date. No way. Well, yeah. you were the neighborhood hero. Yeah, well, you know, I try, I try, Pam. I try. Then that's what that's what friendships about, right? It's just not about your own friends. It's about making friends with people who don't know how to drive in snow. Here we all have snowblowers. <laughs> well, wow. um, like, you, like you yes, we are green energy. One? We are we are hippies. <laughs> we love the environment. Oh, good. Oh, uh, uh, wait, what's this? Three inches of snow. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the hippies do it. <laughs> and, and then it's just these, these 
clouds of toxic carbon monoxide billowing out <laughs> over the land until we get our snow moved from our driveway into our lawns or onto our roads. Wow. Wait, I'm Just, really confused uh, now. Are are you hippies or not in Burlington? We are hippies when the snow is plowed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hippies of convenience. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when the snow comes down, it's pretty much everyone for themselves at times. Like it's like damn the right, environment. Exactly. <laughs> Fucking so trees. Primal state. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, when it comes to getting the snow off of our driveways. We would build a bonfire out of, you know, an endangered owl. Right. If we needed to. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Make yeah. a statement to Mother right. Nature that you're still in the game and you're still winning. <laughs> once the once the driveway's clear, though, then it's all, you know, kombucha. Right. <laughs> you know. Okay, we're back in the game. <laughs> That's amazing. So you don't still have snow, do you? We don't have much. I mean, I can see I can see my grass. Hey. But we do still have piles of it, mostly places where it's been piled up by previous plowing. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And shove it into the corner of like parking lots and stuff, and yeah. that takes forever to melt out. Right, right. It's it's very surprising to me, the Southern California, how long that snow can stick around. Well, that, that's really why you get ice ages, basically. You know, it's kind of like the, it's it's the it's that you know, I just have this fear that what it's like mall parking lot snow is going to kick off the next ice age because it's like oh boy, it's right. summer that hasn't melted down yet, and and then it doesn't melt down until next winter, and it you know th- that's when I'm going to start panicking. But uh, right. Well, we're taking care of that problem, too. Exactly. The, um, that's how the last the, ice age started. The panicking? That was the, uh, you know, the Neanderthals would just clean out their caves and push it all over into one corner of the field and stuff. Wow. Yeah. And pretty soon it's like, God damn it, Ugg, look what you did. Well, you know, the, yeah. the, big, the big controversy here in metric Burlington is uh, it turns out there's a uh, – there's well, there's there's a bylaw about you know if the you can't sort of shovel the snow into the street, you have to sort of you know put it on like next to your driveway on your lawn or something like that. But it turns out there's no bylaw that says you can't put the snow on your neighbor's lawn. <laughs> Other than like you know you want to be neighborly, but <laughs> we have a similar loophole about leaves. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, I wow, would actually like, do that, but you're really um, putting you guys to the test. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you have a neighbor, don't you, Christian? Who's like, who gets really sort of passive aggressive with you when you don't like rake your leaves quick enough? Yeah. Yes, my neighbor. Um, he's a uh, an older gentleman. He's uh, retired, um, and he has health problems, so he goes to uh, get kidney dialysis three times a week. So he's home when he's not getting kidney dialysis. He's home all the time and mm. apparently spends his time at home working on his lawn, see? Oh. And he has one maple tree in mm. his front yard. And like all maple trees, they, you know, they change colors and the leaves all fall off. And he just sits there and waits and waits and waits and the leaves come down. <laughs> And he's out there catching them before they hit his grass, which is all lying in the same direction and all parallel to the other grass and, and all that. 
Wow. And then there's me. Right next door, I have seven maple trees in my yard. Jeez. Wow. And I'm not taking kidney dialysis, so I have to go to work. <laughs> yeah. And then by the time the leaves have fallen, leaves are falling, it's um, dark by the time I get home. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm not raking. Right, that. right. <laughs> so, yeah. And this particular, I mean, I, I do try to keep up, like on the weekends and stuff, but this this time the snow came early, and it buried everything under three inches of snow before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And like, well, okay. Maybe he's somewhat curious about what would happen if you know you just let nature take its course. You know, he can be <laughs> he can be the variable, and you can be the constant. Yeah. No, I'm. If he wants to run some sort of arboreal experiments, I'm fine being his control. Right. Because it sounds like the control doesn't do a lot uh, other than what you're going to do anyway. Right. I'm I'm all in on that because I don't care about my lawn as much as he cares about his. Um, well, you know, it sounds I'll, absolutely beautiful, though. Seven <laughs> maple trees. Oh, it's really nice, and I get a lot of shade from it and, and all this stuff, and it's really pretty until they all fall off at the same time, and it's kind of obnoxious. <laughs> and then our streets are clogged with people from other places in New England who have heard about our leaves, and they uh, drive up here to take a look. Now, that was a surprise to me, being a Southern California, was finding out about leaf-peeping culture and yes. how hard these leaf peepers are I really had no idea I didn't either I moved here just a little over three years ago from Atlanta and you know Atlanta has pine trees right oh they got other other things too but I mainly remember the pine trees and nobody comes to watch the pine cones fall no 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 (laughs) (laughs) right magnolias there or is that a tree? Oh, yeah. Is I mean, that a tree or is that a flower? It is a, it is a tree. It is a it's a tree. Okay. It's a movie. It is everything. All right. Yeah. 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 No <laughs> one comes to Southern California to watch the landscape hardly shift at all. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, Pam, do you remember? Do you remember the scent of the ginkgo tree in Korea? I do. Yeah. It's very nostalgic. Yeah. I I, I remember that, like the the ginkgo. It was like. It took me years to realize the ginkgos have a certain smell, and if you're not raised with a ginkgo tree, it smells like rotting garbage. And and it, of course, in the spring, you know, the ginkgo starts to bloom and give off its smell, and you just think like, oh, it's like you know, rotting garbage and soul. And uh, right. and then one day, my you know, my my girlfriend at the time, she's like, ah, there it is, the lovely scent of the ginkgo tree, and I'm like, what? Oh. That rotten garbage scent. That's right, right, right. I oh my god! I didn't realize that. You know, so it was weird. It was like this weird cultural thing where it's like, oh, that just smells like garbage to me. And and you know, of course, if you're raised around the ginkgo, it, it's kind of like reminds you of spring, and it's a it's a pleasant smell. Right. I mean, I I remember that kind of nostalgia for things that I personally just found annoying, like the. The cicadas buzzing in the mm. summer drove me insane. They were very, very loud. And 
my Korean friends were like, but this is such a romantic insect. And, you know, they only come out every, I don't know what it was, seven years to Pregnant, find their yeah, true yeah. love. I was like, ah, they need to show up about it. It's a, it's a Korean drama about that. Huh? Right. <laughs> With huge wigs. It's about a young, poor girl cicada chasing after the rich sun cicada of a hotel chain or something. Oddly, an ambulance in every single episode. Yeah. <laughs> Is it a coincidence that the cicada and the Vulcans have the same sex schedule? No, probably not. Probably not. No. I, the cicadas have their own pond far. Well, it's a it's a this, it's a prime number, right? They they. they these animals, these creatures emerge on, on prime numbers, so they kind of, you don't kind of get like two cicada generations sort of, you know, emerging mm. at the same time and, you know, outstripping their food supply or something. And and then they talk shit about the mosquitoes or whoever that, exactly. you know, have sex on even numbers. Right. So gross. So, Pam, you, you, you and your, your, your husband and your, your daughter, your, your, you, so wh- wh- why, why do you want to go to Burlington, Vermont? And, 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 and not Burlington, Ontario. Uh, why Burlington, Vermont? I'm sure Burlington, Ontario is also wonderful. But it's quite okay. <laughs> it's quite okay. I um, bet it's different. I, you know, I was, I, I walk out and about around, as you do, in mm-hmm. New York City, and oddly, I ran into quite a few people who told me that they loved Burlington, Vermont. So uh, I wanted to go on a trip that was close, uh-huh. and um, I wanted to go somewhere where we could go swimming, but wasn't going to be one of these super crowded New England beaches that everybody has to rush to, like Cape Cod, or, yeah. you know, somewhere that's super pricey and has an air of too much fanciness about it and so i saw that there were these like cool lake areas you could swim in in burlington vermont and and it's everyone was like it's so quirky it's the best of the outdoors and city life together so i thought i would just believe them and show up and see for myself is this this is the beaches are the best thing though the best thing about the only landlocked state in new england it's so weird, <laughs> but it seems like they're beautiful looking beaches. You, well, you're, it's a, you're on it's a, a lake really there, big right? lake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have a fairly large. I mean, it's nothing compared to the lakes that uh, you're used to, right? Near Burlington, Ontario. We are on um, Lake Ontario. It's quite a vast inland sea. Yes, uh, Lake Champlain doesn't compare to any of to Lake Ontario or any of its other. Great brethren. Right. But it's pretty chunky, just sort of overall. Um, except for when it rains and our our now antiquated sewer system dumps raw sewage by mistake into the lake. But I think they've mostly got that Oops. figured out. We just voted that, um, that that was bad and we shouldn't let it do that anymore. So I think they're all over that. What's that going to cost you? Oh, uh, we don't concern ourselves with such things like tax rates here. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, Bernie Sanders can't be in favor of raw sewage and lakes, can he? (laughs) You would think not, but Bernie himself doesn't swim. Uh, (laughs) Ah, always a 
caveat. Is that just an educated guess, or is that a fact? That he doesn't swim? Yeah. Uh, that's actually an educated guess, but I'm pretty confident he's he's getting up there in years. Right, I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him wet in any of his interviews. He's no. always seemed completely dry. You know, he looks a little um, looks a little windblown mostly. Right. <laughs> Another thing, you never see Bernie Sanders like topless riding a horse. No, you don't see him in a nope. Zardoz get up. No. Oh shoot. Um, yeah, now, now that would be uh, now, if I was American, I would vote for him if I if he did that. <laughs> if he did that, yeah. Um, yeah. There are a lot of hoops that Bernie needs to jump through to get uh, a lot of people's votes. Now, now, Christian, what what should Pam eat? In um, I'm assuming Pam, I'm assuming you enjoy food, right, Pam? Totally love it. Okay, so what 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 should what should Pam eat? What's kind of like your your national dish there in uh, in Imperial Burlington? Well, I mean the the easy answer, of course, is the maple. But it's hard to claim that maple is a it's not really a dish all to itself. It is more just a staple. Oh, okay, so if she, if she wanted sort of inferior maple syrup, she should try the the the, the Vermont maple syrup. Yeah, if she's in Vermont and wants inferior maple syrup, I can show you, Pam, a place that does import it down from Quebec. <sighs> um, ah, but, sick burn. I thought we were all friends. <laughs> well, fr- friends are allowed to make fun of each other's maple syrups. I know. I'm right. That's <laughs> no, okay. That's all right. Besides, Carl's, you know, Carl's from Ontario. Yeah. Well, Quebec no, we've, is a different beast. We've got our maple syrup here, too. In Ontario, but uh, I'll, I'll yeah. you, I don't think I, I lived in Quebec, and so Quebec maple syrup is is number one, and then Ontario maple syrup is number two, and then Vermont maple syrup is number three. I'm pretty sure there's studies that confirm this. <laughs> if we were to actually want to go and tap the tree, we would need to do it in like March or something, right? Yeah, is that I, yeah that uh, that window is quickly closing for this year. Yeah, um, in fact. Yeah, you should probably hang up the phone now and get in the car if you want to do that this time around. <laughs> Drive in reverse real fast. <laughs> Roll the I really over the back don't want to know what the taxi fare would be. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you have it's a car a, there in New York, Pam, or do you have to? We don't you, have one. You'd have to rent a car to get up to. Uh... Yeah. Okay. There, we got buses. Oh, that that would probably make it in time for next year's. <laughs> well, well yeah, next year, I mean, you can start walking and be here in time for right. next year. Have you, have you, Christian? Well, have you done sugaring off in uh, in in Burlington, Imperial? Oh Burlington? yes, it's wonderful. The sugar on snow. Yeah, um, that's why you want to do it more in kind of March. But they yeah. do, is the yeah they they kind of as they sort of render down the syrup and or the yeah and instead sort of you know uh, get the sort of boil off the water then you kind of take it and you kind of pour it on snow and then it sort of like hardens it up and makes it kind of like a taffy and then you take like yeah. a uh, take like, like a, a popsicle stick or something kind of like yeah yeah take a popsicle stick just to you know help eat it but the um the place that i normally go to also gives you a donut and um a uh, pickle spear wow <laughs> wow and somehow that combination works Wow. It is the magic of maple. I can't explain it. All right. And don't look behind the curtain. 
So, so if Pam was going to go there more kind of late spring kind of thing, what should... Uh, no, what, in, in August. Oh, in August. August. Okay, so what... what, yeah. what, what August, what, okay. Yeah. So uh, this is the late summer, um, early fall type. This is before the leaves start changing and when we're still selling our creamy, creamies. Creamies are what basically we call soft-serve ice cream. Oh. Um, maple creamies are, of course... Very popular, and they're very, very good. Um, that sounds amazing. You know, Vermont is, uh, let's see, how to describe it. It's basically a very large farm. The entire state <laughs> is more or less one large farm. <clears throat> and there is a, um, a multitude of options, you know, farm-to-table Type places. Some of the best restaurants in Burlington itself um, get their beef and their vegetables, and not so much the fruit. We don't grow an awful lot of fruit up mm. here, but the beef and the veggies come from the local local farms. The cheese, the dairy products. We do a lot of that around here as well. Amazing. So a lot of that stuff, that type of food. So I have a question. Can you go to, are there any farms near Burlington where you can go and like have the dinner there and kind of experience that idyllic pastoral farm to table, but in a very short distance because the farm (laughs) is right there. You mean to stroll up to a farmhouse, kick the door open around dinner time? (laughs) Well, I mean, do any of the farms like serve dinner? Or is there like a farm uh, to table, but it's our table? Like a farm bed and breakfast kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, or it's like a yeah, bed, exactly. breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Farm to farm's table. I would be surprised if there's not something like that, but I can't say I've been to one on my own because there are a ton of normal restaurants that do basically the same thing, mm-hmm. except that you're not in some stranger's living room. You're in an actual, you know, restaurant. with oh, an awkward situation. Yeah. Right, sitting there very close to their young child trying to make conversation. <laughs> you know, the whole bed and breakfast experience. Right. Um, so which of these restaurants do you recommend? Uh, the place that I went to when I, the very first time I visited Burlington, when I came up here for a job interview, I went to a place called the Farmhouse Tap and Grill. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was terrific. Awesome. You know, all the farm to farm to table stuff. Another thing about Burlington that people are starting to recognize outside of the state is the craft beer craze is fully on board. There oh. are uh, there are many many uh, little brew houses and stuff like that. And just about every decent sized restaurant has their own tap room. And oh wow! Houses. So if you're um, if you like beer, then you got plenty of options here. And um, this place that I went to is is both. What sold me though, and I really hate to be laying into the maple, mm-hmm. but maple <laughs> cheesecake. Oh, oh, that uh, sounds so good. You know, I went through the meal; it was terrific. Uh, the sides, the bread, all of it was good. All the people were very nice. I'm like, okay, well, let's just try this maple cheesecake. Seems How bad all right. could it be? Yeah, even even if they screw it up, it's still just cheesecake with a little bit of maple in it, right? Oh my god! <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Like two bites into that, I'm like, okay, I really want this job now. Wow. And um, it was that convincing? It was. It was. I, I wanted to get out of Atlanta anyway, and it turns out that job sucked. But <laughs> <laughs> but I've got a new job that doesn't suck, and I'm still here, and I can still, and I've since learned to make my own maple cheesecake. Wow. And that in itself sounds like it could be a job. If you tell the rest of the nation about it, they might become obsessed. <laughs> and then I have strangers showing up at my door. And that's the thing about New Englanders. We don't like that too much. Strangers. We don't like strangers. Now, strangers are fine. It's just when they walk up to your door unannounced. Oh. And with a, and if they're holding a plate, then we got a conversation <laughs> about that. Oh, no. <laughs> well. Just in case that happens when I'm there, you've technically met me tonight. So, <laughs> Well, when you come visit for real, we'll schedule something. Okay, fantastic. I mean, I'll, I'll give you my address, if nothing else, so you're not just wandering around and <laughs> shouting my name. That's how Bernie gets around. Bernie and I shop at the same grocery store, which is about which is walking distance from here. I'm not sure exactly where... Bernie's main dwelling is these days. Um, mm -hmm. I know he thinks it's going to be uh, the White House sometime soon. I'm skeptical, but yeah. uh, American politics have gotten let's just let's just say murky. Somewhat Definitely murky, very unpredictable. I'd say it's I terrifying think it's is another option that we. Could make. <laughs> It would be folly to uh, to say we know what's going to happen. Um, I, I'm going to guess that everyone here didn't think that Trump could possibly be elected, right? Right. No. Nope. <laughs> so we were all wrong. So who knows what could happen? Yeah. <sighs> so I should now, now should Pam visit the mural, or will the mural be there when Pam the mural? Uh, Pam, like, have you heard about our mural? Yeah, but a refresher. What is the mural? The mural. This is a, a painting on the wall, um, just off of uh, crap. What's the name? What's the name of the street? Market Street. Market Street. Yes, thank you. <laughs> and I've actually been there. Yeah, I've never even been there, and I know <laughs> it's our. Um, That's where that every street with a mural is called Market Street. Yeah, it's our main shopping walking area in the middle of Burlington. Okay. Um, you know, formerly is just another street with shops on either side. They eventually paved or put bricks down and walled off the traffic. So it just walked around. It's very nice. And that's where Farmhouse Tap and Grill is as well. But the um, this is a mural that was painted to depict the history of Vermont. And you look at this mural and uh -huh. you think... Uh -huh. Okay, so the history of Vermont is basically Bernie Sanders, a whole bunch of other white people, and what looks like a San Francisco f trolley. <laughs> and um, so white people riding a trolley. Yeah. <laughs> well, not all of them are riding it. Some of them are standing, listening to Bernie do whatever Bernie does, which is mainly right. about tuition these days. 
Um, others are, some are uh, dressed in band uniforms. Okay. The important thing is that they are all very, very white people. Right, right. It's, uh, I'm, I'm imagining the trolley and I'm thinking of Mr. Rogers' land of make-believe, but only this is like make-believe if like you, you really wish like America were this homogenous white society. (laughs) (laughs) And to be fair, it does sort of adequately represent Vermont as it is right now. <laughs> so if I go there, um, I'm going to meet a lot of white people. Yes. Um, <laughs> we are not completely without people of color. Uh-huh. Um, I have met our African-American community. Mm-hmm. They're both very friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, we have an unusually large Asian community, which I wasn't anticipating when I moved here. Hmm. But there are a lot of Thai restaurants. Yeah. Those are very nice. Um, anyway, this mural. This mural, uh, there's been some accusations that maybe this mural itself might be a little bit racist. Mm. Because before it was covered, the area was covered by Bernie Sanders and other white people. Mm-hmm. There was um, a bunch of Native Americans that lived up here, the Abenaki tribe. Oh. And they all lived around here, and they went sort of the same route that most Native American tribes did. Right. In that you don't really see them around too much anymore. Right. For a bunch of different reasons. It's all kind of shipped off to Madagascar, were they? I, I, I think that's a rumor we're trying. All right. <laughs> but um, the void that was created when they left was filled in by Europeans that just got right. off the boats. And right. Anyway, so anyway, if you're building a mural about the history, yeah, yeah, it's a very specific segment of history. Yeah. Accurate though it may be, um, and actually, it kind of looks like. I don't know, maybe 1920s history. Mm-hmm. Uh, and <laughs> Except Bernie still looks exactly the same, which still might also be. <laughs> yeah, I mean. the uh, But they did, somebody did point out that maybe this is a little bit racist and that maybe as a hugely progressive state, which we are, right. that's not great. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> they did what uh, states tend to do. They formed a committee, had a lot of meetings, and these meetings went on. How long were we talking about this, Carl? This went on for at least a year. No way. Yeah, yeah. What to do about this mural? Wow. And they reached a decision. Which is? They decided that the mural is going to be removed and put someplace else, and that is going to happen no later than the end of 2020. Wow. So it wow. could be there, or it might Unless not. Unless I'm missing out my dates up, and it might be 2022. Still, still, it's it's uh, something to shoot for. Yeah, I have no idea what they're going to replace it with. And it's a painting on a brick brick wall. I don't even know how they're going to take it down. They say they're going to move it someplace else, which to me sounds like they're just going to take this building apart, or at least this wall take it away, put another wall up there, and then put some other, um, you know, more inclusive mural up. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
I'm Isn't really there another spot for an, an additional mural? You know, maybe, maybe it would be nice if this white people mural could coexist with other murals, and they could all be murals together. No, <laughs> I think the original original mural uh, wouldn't be comfortable with that. No. <laughs> 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 they put so a friendly. token mural next to the. <laughs> oh. Right, because they've got all their big band music happening here. And they're afraid of what kind of music would come out of this new inclusive mural. Mm. Do you think they can't go together? I feel like this is kind of symbolic to me, and I feel a little heartbroken that this that they, this old white people mural just can't hang out with another mural. Come on. <laughs> Our murals are really subject to gentrification. Oh, it, it is sad, but it, you know, it's a, it, population-wise, it's a very small state. I guess I'm still a dreamer. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I expect the new mural is probably going to be a picture of the lake, perhaps. Okay. With no people in it at all, uh-huh. which would be an interesting choice because the lake is actually visible from where you're standing when you're looking <laughs> at this mural. So you can look at the mural and go, hey, that looks like that lake right there. Oh, wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But it is something to see. If you make it here in time, you've got to go see the mural. Now, now, now if Pam Pam and her family go there, let's say they want to blend in and not just be, like, obvious tourists. Because, you know, I'm sure Burlington people are, are like, New York people. And, you know, they get a little tired of tourists after after a time. But uh, how how should they dress to kind of blend in? Do you have... um, uh, flip-flops and black socks. <laughs> Wait, am I wearing them together? Yes. <laughs> Why? Because you want to blend in with the normal Vermont uniform. Uh, you'll also need shorts with suspenders. Oh, dear um, God. I, I need to understand this. First of all, why would anyone wear black socks with flip-flops? Why wouldn't you? <laughs> Just, Burlington people, they, they they do not want to spend money on uh, on pedicures. <laughs> Instant pedicure. You see, you see, coming from the deep south, I don't know why you would wear socks at all with flip flops. Right. Um, I think if you're going to put on the socks, then you might as well just put on shoes on top. Right. Of exactly. But no. <laughs> I'm sure the logic will just kind of seep in once we're there, magically. Um, now, your husband, mm-hmm. uh, would he happen to have a huge mammoth beard that stretches down to his navel? No. He's, okay, he's going to have to work on that. <laughs> I don't know if we can make it in time. <laughs> there. You can't, there are places I, I, along the border you can buy temporary beards. So, yeah. You know, it's all like over the years. I assume your daughter doesn't have one either, but we have a little bit of leeway with the very young. Yeah, I'm hoping they'll let that one pass. <laughs> so is, is Burlington, would you say it's is it kid-friendly, uh, Burlington, Vermont? Burlington itself, uh, yes. Okay. Um, for the most part, uh, every weekend there's 
typically a some sort of protest march, but that's often uh, happening in Montpelier, which is our state capital. Mm. And sometimes those uh, protest marches have a lot of pictures of like uteruses, depending mm. on what you're protesting. Um, the uteruses really come out during, uh, you know, women's reproduction type issues, not mm-hmm. less so climate change or taxation. But still, you can never be sure. What's, mm-hmm. what, what's your state motto? Uteruses. Oh. <laughs> 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 yeah, what is our our our, our premier Doug Doug Ford? Oh dear God, <laughs> uh, Doug Ford. It's a, yeah, Doug Ford. He uh, he wants to uh, you know our license plate. It's not really our provincial motto, but it's just sort of like a motto that's been on our plate since I don't know the eighties. Yours, Ontario. Yours to discover. Um, he wants to replace it with Ontario, and I'm and I'm not joking. Ontario. Open for business. And there's, wow. a, there's a lot of women who are like, I, I, you know, I don't, I, I really would feel uncomfortable driving around in a car with like open for business on my, on my plate. So uh, Vermont's motto is freedom and unity. Um, Thanks. And it's interesting because there's a seal, you know, the state seal, and it's got freedom and unity written on the bottom. But it's got sort of a stylized ampersand. Mm-hmm. And at first glance, it looks like it says freedom versus unity. <laughs> <laughs> and I really don't know how to uh, how to parse that. That's, Why now? Yeah, yeah. It a, seems very prescient, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and given the you know given the state of our mural, it looks like. Freedom may have won that particular fight. Right. Um, oh, and speaking of uh, battles, if you're like into uh, history at all. Yeah. Uh, Vermont, uh, Vermont sort of sucks if you're like looking at like battlefields. Uh-huh. The biggest battle that Vermont has had, at least on land, there's been a few pitched battles at the in the lake. Mm-hmm. Um, which I really, really wish it would have been possible to see, but but um, there was some action up here during the Civil War. No, oh. um, truly, uh, about twenty miles north of here, north of Burlington, is a town called St. Albans. Mm-hmm. And back in the American Civil War, the uh, uh, Confederates snuck some, you know, about a dozen or so of them, snuck up into Canada, came and they came around and then came down through Canada and across the lake and into, because the, the lake actually extends partly into Quebec. Um, and as far as I know, it is completely unprotected. So it's just <laughs> a, a wall or something. I don't just know a, if anybody thought a of a wall. There. Dotted line on a map. That's yeah. the only right. thing protecting it. Right. I mean, if this isn't going to... Uh, they would typically scare off Canadians. Oh, my God, they've right. got a dotted line. All right. All right. Flee! Turn them Flee! Turn around. Turn around. Gotta go. Gotta go. Don't even look at it. We're already too close. But uh, these guys drifted into St. Albans. Um, their plan was to uh, rob some banks and use that money they, uh, they stole... Uh, to fund their own war effort. 
because wow. the northern states had all the industry, so right, right. They had all the money. The southern states just had all the textiles and all the slaves and right, right. You know, all that. But um, so they uh, robbed the banks. Uh, they got into a tussle with the locals, um, which ended in a uh, shed catching on fire, and one person got shot. Wow. And that was it. And they took their their money, got back across the lake into Canada, where they were immediately picked up by the Mounties. Oh. And the Canadians were... Um, is irritated a word that exists in Canada? Uh, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, well, yeah, because I, I, I... Non-plussed. Yeah. They did not want to be dragged into the American Civil War in any form or fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, and this will say that they they wished rather hard hard that these guys had not done that. Mm-hmm. So they arrested them. Mm-hmm sent the money they could recover back to St. Albans, and then I believe kept these, uh, I think they might have, I don't remember if they held on to these guys themselves in some dank Canadian Civil War era jail, uh, or <laughs> they sent them back to the um, unearthly hellscape that was 19th century Vermont. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, but I, I don't know. They're all dead now, so it doesn't really right, matter. Right, right. Yeah. If I if I recall, the um, you know, like like Canada was kind of oddly of a mixed opinion. Like they they were kind of like on the uh, the Confederate side, which kind of really irritated. Uh, um, obviously, the uh, you know you know Lincoln, and and I, I do believe that that they were going to they were threatening to actually invade Canada to get these bank robbers if we didn't sort of hand hand them back. It's really weird that part that that period in history where where uh, where, where Canadians were kind of siding with with the Confederates because this was after the War of eighteen twelve and Canadians were right. still kind of pissed off and so you know anybody in in you know the northern states was you know you know. Boy, they came and tried to invade Canada, those jerks, and then and so you know, so you know, you know, the the enemy of your enemy is your friend, kind of thing. I think that's how they read the see. Conf- yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I f- I find that incredibly surprising. Well, first, I when you were talking about battlefields, I assumed it was the War of eighteen twelve because right up there next to Canada. Yeah, but um. I don't know. Do you know anything about that? Was was Vermont a big player in the War of eighteen twelve? I don't believe so. I don't. I I don't think we even had a uh, um, a street or anything running through the state north to south at that point. So they, I think they just went straight into New York. Okay, effectively. Well, Kent, I mean, a Vermont, um, a Burlington, or maybe Vermont, went yeah. west and went over yeah. down. You know, went down to Portland if they wanted some lobster. Yeah. But, right. Yeah, believe, believe it or not, Ver, Burlington, Vermont was kind of the uh, Canada in the early part of the 20th century had a plan to invade America. And, and, and I'm not making this up. Um, we had a plan to invade America. And uh, and 
the sort of the linchpin in the plan was we would have this like lightning strike uh, drive all the way to Burlington, Vermont, and then kind of hold that. And then the theory was then that America would sue for peace um, mm. to get Burlington, Vermont back. That was our that was our war plan. <laughs> that and, was uh, it. Yeah. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, um, you can look this up. This is absolutely true. Canada's plan to, and, and so the, uh, so we sent a spy down there, posing as like a tourist. And I'm not suggesting, ma'am, you should be, be a tourist in Vermont as you know, uh, you know, cut a you know agent of Canada. But if you do, you know, figure out where their garrisons are and, and their weapons caches are, just send that information. <laughs> But, you know, I'm not saying... I'll save you a trip. They're all at the bottom of the lake. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so this... I don't know if we yeah. can really trust you guys, no, Carl. Maybe I, we no, need to no. build a wall up there, too. Exactly, yeah. Let's yeah. the North Dakota town for ransom yeah. or something. I don't know. You know, these days, I'm, I'm actually open to... The discussion of, of uh, yeah, take over uh, by the of being forced to join into Canada, greater empire of Canada. It saves me yeah. the trouble of driving the forty-five minutes to the border. Yeah, but the uh, the guy the guy who was sort of went there to sort of you know scope out you know Burlington. He sent back these dispatches, and most of them are just kind of complaining. He did not find the women of Burlington particularly fetching, so he oh. he was sending back these kind of com- complaints about they're like. <laughs> that was sort of, you know, like, like, if you're gonna, priorities, yeah. priorities. I know. But Christian, how do? What do you think of uh, of the ladies in in Burlington? Yeah, how do they compare to the? Uh, you, you, Christian is a single man, right? You're, you're still single, right, Christian? Yes, I'm a single man. Uh, they uh, the the women here are lovely. Um, I think the difference it's, but they are different from the women that I. Uh, had around me when I was living in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, they are. It's hardy. Pro, more hardy probably isn't the best way to say it. Uh, but they know they, how to use a snow shovel. They use a, <laughs> they they may use even a snow carry shovel. one around. Um, you see less of the. I don't know what the modern name for the bouffant hairdo is. They don't have the giant hair. Right, I think that's. But that's the locals I've met thing. here, they're they're lovely people, um, inside and out. Hey, <laughs> why don't we talk about Metric Burlington? Can can we update you on Metric Burlington? Sure. All right. Okay. Yeah. Well, boy, things are afoot here now. As you recall, uh, Canada, we legalized uh, nationwide. We legalized marijuana. So the kids call it pot. And, um, and yeah, yeah. But of course, uh, the way Canada is structured, then the, the provinces themselves kind of get to determine, you know, how and when things kind of get sold. So, um, uh, Doug Ford, he's our premier, uh, he sort of decided that basically, um, uh, there's going to be just like a handful of pot stores available in Ontario. Ontario is a fairly, I mean, geographically, it's big. It's like, you know, bigger than, Texas, and uh, and uh, so um, so yeah, so uh, my hometown, my my town, you know, Burlington, Metric Burlington, we got one of the coveted pot stores, and in fact, we are we have the world, sort of not the world, Canada's largest pot store, just opened up the other day. Amazing. Yeah, and uh, I now I have to I confess, uh, you know, even you know, despite you know. 
um, but people may think of me. I've, I've literally never smoked pot. I've done no drugs other than, than, than alcohol. I, I don't plan, I don't plan to start. I mean, I mean, when I was right. a teenager, I had a lot of, you know, my parents, my friends' parents all thought I was on drugs, but it was like, no, I just played Dungeons and Dragons. You just, you just don't, mm-hmm. just, you know, they, they just didn't know what yeah. that was. So they just assumed right. it was drugs, right? But, uh, yeah, so, so I, I, I personally, myself, I have no plan to, to, to go there, but they, they do right. also sell it like legally online. And I was just sort of perusing the website because, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a social critic and I, I do my research and, uh, and, it, it, their brand names are weird. Like, the, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm disappointingly, boringly sober person in general as well. I mean, like maybe like you, I was just kind of always a natural weirdo, and I didn't feel like I needed yeah. to enhance that. Like maybe <laughs> yeah. I wanted to blend in more. So, but yeah, the the branding situation of the marijuana world was really confounding to me. Yeah, it's very very strange, but yeah, yeah, and uh, and uh, conversely, like we have uh, like our liquor stores. Um, I don't know in in Ontario, you have to go to a government run liquor store to buy your liquor. Like I can't go to the grocery store, or the convenience store, and buy uh, you know buy buy like a you know vodka or something like that. So it's called the LCBO, Liquor Control Board of Ontario. And, uh, and, uh, they, 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 they kind of have this policy now where, uh, they're, they're not going to stop shoplifters because it's like, well, why put our employees? And th- I mean, this is entirely valid. Like why put our employees at risk? You know, like mm. it's not, it's not our job to, to, you know, tackle somebody with who's mm-hmm. stealing booze and, and that person gets hurt and, you know, and there's a liability there. So, but cor- words gotten out, of course, that this is now the policy. It's like, so you can just literally walk into the liquor store, grab what you want and leave without paying in, in full knowledge that no one's going to stop you. And, you know, and if you just put a baseball cap on and some sunglasses no one's going to be able to identify you. And you just, mm. yeah. So it's kind of like they got the steal what you can policy, I guess, basically mm. uh, the, the LCBO. And that's making for some uh, exciting times. And, and, um, <laughs> and my neighbor's, uh, my neighbor's car was, was almost stolen. Cause I, 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 you know, you, you don't have a car, but you know, you, I mean, I, you will live in a winter state now but uh, you know in the winter you kind of like in the morning time you kind of maybe i don't know if you do this christian but you kind of roll your car under the driveway and start it and let it run and get warm and you know you know maybe do some stuff like and then get into your warm car and, and drive away and and i've got a garage yeah, yo, I got a garage too, but it's like it's not a it's not a well insulated garage, so it's kind of my car is still kind of a little bit cold. But but so my neighbor, but then a lot of people here too, like they've lived here a long time, and their garage is now just they, this is before that Conmarie stuff, so they just you know <laughs> you know don't know how to empty. But yeah, so they just their garage is just full of crap. So even though people have garages, they just still park their cars out on the driveway. Anyway, so the guy is like warming his car up, and then some sort of, and I thought this is actually quite smarter this kid but he decides i'm gonna just steal a car and the best time to steal a car is like you know like six in the morning a cold winter morning when someone's maybe just warming their car up and you know popping back to the house to fill up their thermos full of coffee and but uh so yeah so the, the kid tries to steal a car but you know 
uh, it was a stick. So, and you know, kids don't know how to drive stick these days. So he didn't get too far. Right. And yeah, you know, so uh, that was that was quite that was made for some exciting news around 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 uh, my my little uh, my little neighborhood. So that gives me an idea. Why don't you make the liquor bottles just? like a little bit too complicated to open so <laughs> yeah, like childproof caps or something yeah that's right not... right that's like the stick shift theory yeah. of um of, of no well, i think it would have to be the exit I mean, no, make the exit doors very difficult to get out of like, yeah no yeah. that's even better exactly like you gotta get you know, one foot on the clutch and another foot You're on right. the on the the, the 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 door lever or something like that and you don't quite get that timing right. The door makes a really nasty grinding sound, and so it right, jerks right. you around. The whole store jerks around. That's brilliant, Pam. Hey, I'm I'm here to solve Canada's problems. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yes. Sorry. How do you, how do you how do you buy liquor? Like like how do you buy the hard stuff, Christian, in uh, in Vermont? Can you just go to the the grocery store and buy it there, or where where do you buy like your vodka and your 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 whiskey and stuff like that? There are special liquor stores okay. for that, um, but yeah, there's nothing really special about them. They're uh, available in just about any shopping center is going to have one. Right. Like the 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 closest one is actually in the same complex as the grocery store where I always see Bernie. Well, you know, in uh, where I live, Burlington. We're we're getting younger here, you know. Burlington, more, you say? Oh, sorry, metric Burlington. There's yeah. more. Uh, there's more young families, but but traditionally, this city has been kind of a uh, like a lot of old people. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and I live around a lot of old people, and and uh, you know, and and I'm I'm kind of old myself, so I get up pretty early. Like I'm up at seven in the morning on a Saturday. Got to take on that world, you know. And yep. um, and so you know, and mm-hmm. no no one else is up. Other than me and a bunch of uh, other old men, and uh, so I'll, I'll go to the grocery store and you know where that's I got to buy my coffee at a grocery store because there's not a Starbucks close to me, so I, I go to the grocery store. I'll get a coffee and you know read the newspaper or whatever. And uh, now now the the LCBOs they don't open until like about eleven a.m. and uh, and I, I always see these poor old guys who are just like you know upset that you know it's like seven in the morning and the and the liquor store is <laughs> not open at seven it's not open up till like 11 a.m and you know to them and i i i can appreciate it but to them it's like just you know it's like you know it's, it's half a day away practically right right, like right. i mean gonna... they've probably already been fishing for three hours no, exactly but <laughs> with a look of anger on their face when they discover <laughs> that you know the store is not going to be opening up for like another four hours and it's like it's like okay i'm not i'm not i myself i'm not there yet but you know oh man sleeping until seven yeah canada does sound like heaven you win (laughs) what (laughs) what time do you wake up christian for to go to work five Uh, i i wake up at 4 30 I, I take a, I take a community um, train. In yes, but we're talking Saturdays as well, right? Yeah, well, Which no, is still five. Oh, I don't wait. No, I wait. I sleep until about seven on Saturdays. Oh, you guys. Yes, you have a you have a uh, stepdaughter who can be taught about things like how to read the clock. I have a dog, ah. um, who cannot. <laughs> <laughs> so. I don't know what it is that sets her off. I think it might just be the first hint of sun coming through the the window. Um, if it's not actually my alarm going off. Wow. 
But uh, five thirty, it's like, hey, hey, I gotta pee. Hey, hey. How's your daughter Pam? She uh, she keep you a, a, a early riser. Well, she can be very good, but when she's bad, it's horrid. You know, there recently she just has decided that she hates sleep. And she'd rather wake up in the middle of the night and play. And, you know, we do the standard parent stuff like, hey, why don't we come to our bed? You know, we'll turn on the nightlight. But nothing works because she's told us very clearly that she wants to play. Oh, no. And it's the middle of the night and we we get very tired. But (laughs) that's not every night. It's not every Mm. night. And honestly, waking up at 4.35 every day sounds extremely tiring. (laughs) Plus the taser is really just open your your schedule right up. (laughs) I get to to sleep on the the commuter train. The train's about an hour into the city, so I just sleep on the train and then coming home for in the in the afternoon and you sort of sleep in the way back so that that's that's fairly pleasant but uh i've I've got my podcasts where i call them like my i have podcasts specifically to listen to to fall asleep to which is kind of weird you know so and i and uh, so i try to find these podcasts that are like hour long and also very sort of um information rich so my 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 brain just kind of shuts off and i sort of just listen to the information and then fall asleep while listening to them well trains are also very drowsy making in a in a nice way yeah that's true too well how do you get around you just do you walk a lot around new york or uh you you take the subway or the taxis what's your uh well i do walk a lot um i do take the subway a lot we take buses me and my daughter i'm we're generally out of the stroller walking around. So she's, she's, you know, in pretty good shape for a two-year-old. And she keeps me in shape, too. You but got a, we she got a Fitbit? Yeah. I, you know, I would love to know how she's doing on the toddler Fitbit. <laughs> I don't think there's a huge market for toddler Fitbits, but I would be curious enough. What is my, my, my exercise app, it kind of like show like it kind of gives you a comparison like your activity versus the people in your community and mm-hmm. and i'm i'm not what you'd call i mean you know me right and i'm not like the fittest person in the world but it always tell me like you know you are you know you are more fit than 98 percent of people in burlington and i'm like <laughs> yeah, it's like you know kind of the other <laughs> yeah but that's not saying a lot you know <laughs> yeah in new york there's so many fit people here or just people you know you wake up at four and people have already jogged their marathon for the day there's just a lot of type a people who are you know not letting any part of their life slack not their fitness not their job not anything so they also make me tired (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile i've got friends that put their fitbit on their dog to uh, <laughs> to game their competitions with their friends. Yeah, work smarter. Kathy, how did you get sixty eight thousand steps yesterday? Wow. I know you were at work all day. Well, I'm I'm trying to shoot for this year. For I want to try to average twenty thousand steps a day. That's kind of what I'm shooting for. Because I, I last year I averaged about like nineteen thousand steps a day. But then I'm I'm like. 
but then I sort of realized, oh, you know, I, I mean, I went to Singapore with my wife for two weeks. That's a lot of walking around. But then what I, I, I got married and then that was a lot of walking. And, um, and, and then when I, we moved, so wait, I, married is a lot of walking. Yeah. That, that, that made me pause too. That oh, is different. How long was your aisle? No, you know, you're, like, you're on your feet and you're dancing, and then in the next, you know, it's just, it's just you're on your feet a lot, right? You're just, okay, well, yeah. that's six miles. We're consummated <laughs> yeah, now. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, yeah. And then moving was just a lot of like, you know, you're constantly packing and putting things in a locker and taking things out of a locker. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, that was, that was a real, a real chore. So that's probably why we haven't done a Burlington Friendship Society in a long time because they ended up moving, and that was just like yeah. a, that was a real odyssey. Bought it, sold a house, bought a house. It was kind of, kind of, kind of crazy. So, but here you are after all that, and congratulations on all that. I know, I know. I got a basement now. This is kind. This is kind. I'm in my basement. This is great. <laughs> Which means that your wife has a podcast-free zone. I know, outside I know. of the basement. I know because she 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 likes to she likes to watch her basketball. My 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 wife likes the Raptors. That's a Toronto basketball team, and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, she likes her Raptors. And so I, I don't. Uh, there might even be a game on tonight. I don't hear her shouting. So, but uh, she's really into. It. She's been like she's crazy into basketball and like, and uh, and she takes me to games a lot. And um, and uh, I like I go for the hot dogs. Like that's pretty much why I go to basketball games. Because <laughs> like, yeah, but um, she 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 had surgery, and uh, and then and then the doctors were like, you know, you have to uh, you have to sort of stay off your feet for a month, basically. Uh, and and you know, Pam, you you can appreciate this as a mother telling a mother to stay off. I right, know, impossible. Month. Yeah, pretty much impossible. So anyway, so we. Um, so, so we she she gets like like um, you know really good seats one day for for a Raptors game kind of like you know a few rows from 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 the court and and these these are really good seats kind of you can kind of like watch the Raptors guys come out of the the tunnel or whatever and and so we we go to this game but but her like the stitches kind of come apart and she starts bleeding. Oh. And and I'm like, you know, honey. Oh, oh my god. I know. And I'm like, honey. Wow. Um and, and she's like, No, no, no. We're gonna do this. So <laughs> we still go to the game, but we we got about through halftime and there's just a pool of blood on Oh the, my lord. On she's her tough. Yes, I wow. know. And that's a Raptor yeah. stigmata. I know exactly. Oh but my we, gosh. Yeah, so about halftime she kinda decided, okay. Yeah, and then uh I we I'm surprised she yeah. wasn't recruited. No. They were like, this yeah. woman can tolerate pain. She's yeah. going to be the best no. player of all time. No. So we, we drove, we took the train back to Burlington, and they just basically we drove straight to the emergency at the room at the hospital, and oh we're gosh. there till about four in the morning. But this is how she loves basketball. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, look, what's, what's, a, what's some blood loss compared oh to like, God. these are good seats. Oh, I hear the dog. Is that your dog? Yeah, that's Christian's dog. Yeah, that's Shammy. Yeah, Shammy. Hi. Did you you had you had Shammy back in uh, um, uh, Atlanta? Yes, um, yeah. Shammy and I moved in together about a year before I left Atlanta. Oh, okay. So it's been yeah. just over four years now. So he's had to sort of adapt to the to the snow and stuff like that. 
she she took right to it. Um, she's got short little legs, but a long body. The first time it snowed over her head, I was curious. So she was begging to go outside. So I'm like, all right, well, let's see what happens. <laughs> Scooped her up and pitched her out in the backyard. Right. It looked like a uh, it looked like a landmine going off, except with snow. Right. <clears throat> big old mushroom cloud of snow. <laughs> and um, I thought it was gonna I thought she was gonna go in over her head, and I have to go in after her. So I was ready for that. But the snow compresses, and it actually holds her up so that her head is above the snow. <laughs> but she's got to like do the dolphin leap to get around. Right, right. And she was hopping around the backyard. I seemed to be having a great time until the snow melted enough to soak through her fur and started getting her skin cold. Oh, poor girl. And then it's like, okay, about face, hop, 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 back in the door. Oh. So have you have you guys put your winter winter stuff away yet? No, I think we still got two more snow snowfalls before we're done. I usually, it, it, it's only here, early April. I know around here, usually, kind of, it's like, don't put your winter stuff away till about April fifteenth. Usually, you sometimes you get one last little winter blast before April fifteenth. So that's usually when I yeah. Get, if uh, it's if it's warm, then I'll try to get my uh, you know my all weather tires put back on before Memorial Day. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Pam? Do you, do, you, do you put your winter stuff away, or? I mean, I haven't yet, just because I've I'm a little bit paranoid. I feel like the weather can be unpredictable, and there can be that last blast. Yeah, but I yeah. think honestly, we're in the clear here. It'll be uh, like 56 during the day, and then it'll drop to 19 after the sun goes down. And oh my goodness. What do I do with that? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're in that sort of situation right now where it's like, sorry, I, I can only speak in Celsius, but uh, um, yeah, yeah, it'll be like like seven or nine Celsius during the day. That's uh, that's probably like in the high f- mid fifties, and uh, and then it, you know, yeah, it'll, it'll drop to like you know, like in, in Celsius, it'll drop to like could be like minus three in Celsius at, at night. So you have to kind of like, you know, in the morning I got to wear like three layers, like kind of like my, my early fall jacket, then like a jacket underneath and a little quilted vest underneath. And then as the day goes by, you know, D layer and it's, it, we're right. in that, we are, we're yeah, in that sort of weird. It's really strange. You got to take like spring clothes, warm weather clothes. Yeah. And put on six layers on yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. And then slowly de-layer as the day, right. as the sun rises. Then, yeah, and then yeah. you shed, uh, you know, every every hour and a half or so, you <laughs> shed another layer. And then starting around 5 o'clock, then you start getting dressed. dressed yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't really understand. And then you go I home ne- and turn your electric blanket on. Ahead, I never learned Celsius like from like to the point where I've internalized it. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? Like where yeah, yeah. on the fly I understand what it means when someone says it's this. But I what I like about it is you don't really have to because if it's above z- zero, you're fine. Exactly. And if it's <laughs> below zero, you're cold. Exactly. Yeah. And that's that's really I, yeah. all you need to know. That's what I like about Celsius, right? Yeah. It's sort of like, as long as it's above zero, exactly, you're fine. You can deal with it. Yeah. Because when we lived in Korea, I mean, Korea was on the metric system. So you kind of had to learn a bit of uh, right. metric and stuff like that, right? So, 
Yeah, and that was that was useful. I feel like the Celsius was thought uh, the measurements were were pretty intuitive. The Celsius was the hardest because there's something so ingrained in yes, in Fahrenheit. Exactly. Similarly, I think Fahrenheit is like zero uh, to a hundred. You know, like zero is like the absolute coldest you could probably stand in Fahrenheit and a right. hundred is like the hottest you could possibly stand. So you can kind of go from there, you know, on a scale of zero to 100. Well, that's a great thing. Yeah. Where are you? Yeah. We, we tend to in yeah. Canada. In we, Celsius, it's what, uh, 30 or higher is uncomfortably hot. Yeah. 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 30. Yeah, and yeah. if it's 40, then it's oh, geez, January yeah. in Australia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the whole country is on fire, Yeah, I believe, is how that works. Yeah, Tw- yeah 20... Yeah, yeah, crikey. Yeah. yeah, 20, 21, 22 Celsius is kind of a very nice, pleasant, but uh, yeah, as you kind of get above that 30s, it's like really hot, yeah. Although, yeah. although in Canada, we tend to... like we te- Like cold temperatures, we will quote in Celsius, but then... Like, for warm temperatures, a lot of us do switch back to Fahrenheit. So, you know, like, you'd be like, oh, it's going to be 80 tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, but when we mean Fahrenheit, but then it's like, oh, geez, it's going to, you know, drop to minus 3 tomorrow. We'll mean Celsius. It's, it's we're, we're this weird kind of, like, we switch between systems all the time for, and there's no rhyme or reason. Well, it sounds like you guys are choosing the most extreme way to describe anything, right? <laughs> like, you know, because 100 is a lot more extreme than 30. But exactly, negative yeah. 3 is a lot more extreme than, like, I don't know what it would be in Fahrenheit. <laughs> Like, like 20, 22, 25, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're, you're just, you know, everyone's just trying to drive the point home that it's either really cold yeah, or really exactly. hot. All right. We should, we should, we should, we should probably wrap up because I, I, I do got to wake up at 4.30 in the morning. And it's, <laughs> so, so yeah. So, uh, so, so Pam, any, uh, any, any, any final words before we, uh, we, we part as friends? Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I had a great time. Oh, well, thank you for coming. It's yeah, it's it's uh, and uh, yeah, I hope you do go to Burlington and meet uh, meet. I've never actually met Christian in real life. I don't think I have, but uh, nope. when do, we it's will true. get to, yeah, we will get to Imperial Burlington one day. My wife and daughter and I and and uh, so yeah. But you you. Um, you you pioneer it for us, okay? Okay, Pam. Absolutely. If you need the report sure back, let me know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And Christian, what's uh, what's what's up? What's uh, what's coming down the pipe for you? Uh well, I'm waiting for things to thaw out. Yeah. Um, and once I know that that is for sure underway, and I still, like I said, have a month before I'm confident yeah. in that. Uh then it's just. Back outside, I'll start getting in more than about 5,000 steps a day, start riding my bike to work, start giving chamois proper walks, and, you know, enjoying the up to six contiguous months of tolerable weather before winter comes back. (laughs) Yeah, once once September rolls around, it is like, oh, no. I always say it's like ice spend uh it's like the the, the the this cascading denial i'm always just like well maybe winter's just not gonna happen this year that's what i always kind of tell myself and then it's like well 
maybe it's not going to be one of those cold winters. And it's like, well, maybe it's not going to snow. And, well, maybe the <laughs> snow's going to melt early. And, well, you know, and it's just, uh. Yeah. <laughs> nope, we're still screwed. I mean, we're working on ending that winter crap, but for the moment, not yet. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'll, I'll let you guys go. And remember, we, 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 we do have a Facebook group, don't we? The uh, Burlington Friendship Society Facebook group. Uh, well, I haven't I haven't deleted it, so no, as okay. far as I know, it's still there. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, so uh, join us on the Burlington Friendship Society Facebook group. I'm, I'm positive I've joined it. All right, yeah. Well, we'll try to do this more than uh, more than once once a year. Now that yeah. things have sort of settled down in our lives and, you know, when the sun comes out, we'll be like, Ugh, I'm so tired of the sun. I'm just going to go in my basement and do a podcast. Well, everybody comes here. They know New York. They come down from Bridgens. They come from everywhere, Middlebury. But you said you wish there were creamies in the South. Well, yes, we don't really have many, and I think it would... Yeah, but there aren't many stands like this. It's not fun. Good, refreshing, cool, nice after-supper dessert. Mm -hmm. You have to come and find out what flavors they have.